0: Welcome back to Respect the Drive. I'm your host, Ted How are you? I'm well, thanks. Uh, sorry, I did not have an episode up last week. I took a short hiatus because for the first time in probably a year, I took a little vacation. It was two days up in Vermont, exactly what I wanted. Just a hotel, a pool, a mountain view, and good times relaxing. Now, I still uploaded a video while I was there. So I guess I, guess I am always working, but I like my work now. That's the big difference uh, between what I used to do and what I do now. I used to hate going to work. I used to hate waking up and thinking about all of the miserable emails I was going to have to do. Now, I mean, work is hard. Going off and doing something on your own and you know chasing the dream, it, 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 isn't, uh, it isn't all sunshine and rainbows. And you do need to watch out for yourself, which is why I took that little two-day trip to Vermont. And I'd like to thank Garage 42 up in Woburn, Massachusetts, car storage for the toys, whether it's the winter or the foreseeable future, this beautiful climate-controlled house. It's a house for your car. It's not a warehouse. It's a house. It's a home. It's a beautiful home. Uh, They're fantastic. (laughs) When we get out of COVID, I'll be recording these live with people and we won't be doing the FaceTime thing. But my M5 currently lives there. And uh, if you are looking for just the best security, the best climate controlled environment for your ride, or just to get it out of your house. Maybe you want to use your garages for the cars you drive every day. Maybe, maybe you would like to not have to sweep snow off of your daily driver because your project car or your baby is taking up the space in your garage. Wouldn't it be nice to drive your daily driver into your own garage? And then, and then, oh, wake up the next morning and it's just clean and fresh and waiting for you so hit up garage 42 if you're looking for a new home for your toys and of course thank you to my patreon supporters you guys are incredible Uh, the, the, the 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 support from you guys is more insane than like anything any other income i have even though it's the lowest form of income i have Those are individual people putting up the $1, the $5, the $15 a month to try to keep this thing alive. I I cannot express my gratitude enough thank you so much. That's patreon.com slash tedwarddrives But today, today is a fun show I've got Eddie, uh, my friend Eddie Siegel on the show because he's, oh man, he's so great for just crazy conversation. He'll talk about anything and and that's kind of what I wanted to do. We do talk about cars quite a bit and there's a little bit of language so, I mean, this isn't a show for kids anyway. Absolutely not but uh, just just a forewarning. It's me and my buddy talking so there's a, a, there's a few fucks getting thrown around. <laughs> So let's I have been watching this show called The Vow on HBO. Not sponsored. Wouldn't that be wild if I was sponsored by HBO? Go to oh, HBO slash Tedward. For, <laughs> that'd be great. That's that's how you know you've made it when you're you're sponsored by HBO. But anyway, I've been watching this show called The Vow, which I love because it's about this cult, the Nexium cult, which was like a professional development sort of seminar program thing that it was the type of thing where it's like they claim they can cure Tourette's, they can make you a better professional, better in your career, you know, if you put in the work and just follow these steps and all that kind of crap. And it was the kind uh-huh. of the kind of the kind of program that attracted CEOs and celebrities and folks who were just like, I'm really into personal development. And this is a whole new way of looking at things. And all the stuff that I, as a professional, a young professional in my early twenties, because like friggin' corporate America eats this stuff up. They love, they love hiring like a guy to come in and tell you how to really, this is how we're going to make this big paradigm shift. And you're going to think differently. And that's how you're going to be successful. And they basically treat it like a life coach, but it's based on absolutely nothing. It's just some egomaniac who's charging outrageous amounts of money, and it looks appealing because it's like, well, wow, if they're charging that much money, it must be legit, right? Um, and I used to always be like the Debbie Downer of these groups because I'd go to these seminar things—not not Nexium, but like things like this—and I would look around and be like, this is so stupid. Like, why are we si- We are we are adults. We are engineers, we are professionals, and we're sitting around doing icebreakers with a stupid like easel board and markers writing our fears on on the thing so we can overcome them. Like, dude, I, this is ridiculous. And so then they'd, they'd always do the thing where they make you feel like you're the jerk. Like, well, it's people like you that are the reason that things never change and, and you don't get better. And, and everyone goes, yeah. And then then they spend $2,700 a pop to to learn the course, right? No. And the beauty of this documentary, I guess where I'm going with this is just so validating because it was a cult it was all total bullshit and this
1: sounds like uh, that Facebook stuff we deal with once in a while.
0: Oh yeah, oh yeah, we see the MLMs. I mean it is an MLM it's a multi-level marketing thing and it's incredible because I love it when these folks come out of these things and they're like, how I could have never known this could happen to you don't don't look at this on the surface and think you you'd never fall into it I'm like, dude, we' you talking about literally everybody you knew. Everybody you knew looked at you and said, you're in a pyramid scheme, or this is bullshit. You're wasting your money. You're just sucking away all your earnings, and you're getting nowhere. And then, you know, they come away like, this could happen to you. I'm like, sweetheart, it couldn't happen to me because I'm not that dumb. <sighs> anyway, if you'd like to join my thing, you can just, end a small investment of $5,000, and... Uh... <laughs> you can you can go to my OnlyFans account. Yeah. Well, at least you're getting something for that. Oh, But... <laughs> I don't know why I have such a chip on my shoulder about these things, but how are you? What's going on with you in the car world?
1: In the car world, it's a
0: pretty, I mean,
1: listen, I've been in my house, so the car world for me is in Forza Motorsports, um, or Forza for a lot of people. Um, Yeah, no, I mean, I have literally done nothing car related uh, for the last, well, except for going to the racetrack, which we talked about before um i haven't done anything
0: so the honda's holding up well now that you've got the hood the hood uh with the big holes in the hood for for cooling
1: yes yes
0: and it, and it's that working it Like, is. is this the trick is this the thing
1: it has made a huge difference tom All um right. i have done two events with the hood and the first one it was like 90 degrees uh it was hot and the car got hot and it pulled timing but every car was getting hot and pulling cool in timing. Right. I was only like a second off my fastest time ever there. So, and that was in 90 degrees, humidity, 100%, you know, like swamp ass city.
0: Yeah. Oh yeah. And Just a gross day. The kind of day where you're like on the track and you're like, you feel ill. Like if I, like you, the only time <laughs> you feel good is when you're in the car. And then the second you get out, you're like, I shouldn't be driving. This is horrible.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It, I felt like I had like a gigantic burrito. <laughs> And now I'm <laughs> running a marathon. <laughs> oh, so, uh, I know. oh,
0: God, I hate so, that. That's so awful.
1: I mean, even though it was hot as, you know, rainforest in August, um, I still was able to manage a sub 150 at Palmer in the heat. And I would have never been able to have done that previously yeah
0: well so i my biggest question about the civic type r now you've done all of the like pretty much everything you could possibly do for cooling do you think (laughs) do you think that had you just gone straight for this hood and not necessarily done the intercooler oil cooler radiator all this other stuff do you think the hood is the is like the biggest impact or do you think like you've got to have all of it
1: See, that's a tough question because I think I am a bad example because I'm pushing this car to like the 10 tenths. I think if you were just an average guy who just got in the car and just wanted to do one or two track days a year, you could get away with just doing a grill and potentially a hood, not even a grill. You could probably just drive the car the way it is. Right.
0: I mean, the hood isn't exactly something you really want to drive on your street car anyway because it's like totally open.
1: Oh, um, it's miserable. I mean, it's like, you know, you could stick your hand in there and rip the harness out of the engine if you right. really wanted to.
0: Right. Well, I mean, I guess I guess what I'm saying is if I, let's let's say, you know, let's say Tedward goes and buys a Honda Civic Type R, I don't want to go and and replace like a ton of stuff. I don't want to go and do an oil cooler, a radiator, an intercooler, and I just want to do the easiest possible thing. I wonder if the most cooling comes from just doing like the grill and the hood and then, you know, that takes care of 50 to 60% of the problem.
1: If you bought the grill and the hood that would solve most of your problems. All right.
0: That's cool. Top tip, top advice from the people. We don't know, it's not scientific, but you know, we'll try. Um and I've been thinking about the Civic Type R overheating a lot lately because I have been and I don't know if this is interesting to anybody else, but like I mean, I'm a YouTuber. All I look at are cameras all day. I get so obsessed the same way that like people get obsessed with The latest and greatest cars coming out, and they go on and they configure them and then they look for all the problems and all this stuff. I go nuts for cameras, and you know, we're in a big cycle of new mirrorless cameras coming out. So Canon released the R5 and R6. The R five is like this 8K monster, Mm. which is you know, that's impressive. It's far beyond the needs of anybody. And the R6 is basically a 1DX Mark III sensor with you know some other goodies and stuff in a very small package for $2,600. And then Sony comes along and finally drops the A7S III, which the A7S is like the low-light cinema king. It's the thing, right? Because it's only a 12 megapixel sensor. And because of that, each pixel is very large and it can do incredible things in low light. So it's not really a photography camera, but it's expensive. It's $3,500. The difference though, and this is why I'm thinking about the Civic is the R6, the one that I would probably buy the lower end of the new Canon's overheats. I mean, so does the R5, but if you're shooting it, at its like wh- what it's supposed to be doing, which is you know, 4K 60 or 4K 30 frames a second, it'll overheat. It like literally will just shut down and you can't use it. And I'm like, this is like taking an, a Honda Civic type R to the racetrack. It's like you've built this thing with all these amazing specs, and then you get to the racetrack and the goddamn thing is in limp mode.
1: Oh my god. I mean, I, I mean, the thermal, uh, thermal overheat issues with electronics uh, is a common issue, um, especially in computers. But on cameras, I had no idea. I mean, I don't know much about cameras to begin with, but I didn't, I can't imagine that a camera would overheat so much. But I guess because of all the lenses and, and the 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 computing power that it needs to to make all this stuff happen. I'm assuming that's causing so,
0: it. Yeah, it's transferring so much. So think about this. Like you've used a GoPro, right? Like in your car when you're on the racetrack. Think about yeah. how hot your GoPro is when you take it off. Like when you grab it, like it is like, it, it it's over 200 degrees. It'll like, it'll burn you. If they like, I've, I've definitely been burned by my GoPro. Um, and when I'm shooting, oh. yeah, think about it. It's transferring so That's much. That's why data. that
1: logo is in my palm. I was always wondering <laughs> what that GoPro logo.
0: <laughs> yeah, not sponsored, right? It was just a fucking branding deal. The wrong kind of brand deal, right? <laughs> but uh, but these GoPros, man, they get so hot and I, I was like when I when I shoot in the summer for POV, just doing POV. Like I try not to turn on HVAC systems on cars because it makes noise. You hear it, right? And the first time I drove my M3 as a test run with the Hero 8. The camera shut off on me in 15 minutes. It just said, beep, 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 done. And it wouldn't turn back on because it overheated. And I'm like, well, shit, now I can't use. So, you know, you learn to use in newer cars. This is why I get so excited whenever a car has like ventilated seats, because you learn to use the ventilated seats to cool yourself. And then every time you have a break where you're like, ooh, we're at a red light, I blast the AC at my face so I can cool the GoPro. Then the light turns green. I turn the HVAC system off and we go. And that's my—that's what I do. I look like an insane person at a red light. You sound like me and the Honda on a hot day. <laughs> oh, my God. But what are you excited about right now? Because right now, I think the thing I'm most excited about is the Z06 Corvette, the C8 Z06, because of this flat plane, apparently, what, eight or 9,000 RPM?
1: Oh, yeah. That is definitely on my excitement list. Like, if I had a Christmas wish list of, like, all the cars that I'm most excited for... That's definitely in the top three Um, that I don't know if this is excitement, but more of interested. I want to see how the new M4 M3 looks like. I think that is going to be an interesting, uh, you know, arrival. I don't know what's going to happen. And I don't know if it's for the good, you know, for the good reasons why I'm excited about it. Um, But I feel like already before it's even been announced, it's already on the back foot. I think already people are giving it this sort of, Oh my God, this thing looks like a a gerbil with two buck
0: teeth. They're coming out behind. I feel so bad. I mean, not that I care. I mean, I'm not associated with them, but like, I do feel bad. You know, you know, these engineers put their heart and soul into something and to have it basically you're, you're not like, people are looking forward to it so they can prove how bad it is. (laughs) (laughs) Literally,
1: literally. There was a, there was a video you sent
0: me, which, um, it was it was like a test driver in a in a pre-production obviously M4 and maybe it's just because I film so much POV and I can kind of gauge what steering feel looks like from a camera now. Uh, it looked so numb. This dude was like fighting the rear end the whole time, and it looked it just looked heavy and skittish and numb. And I was like, oh no, I hope I hope this is not like what's to come. I
1: I mean I so when I watched that video I saw two things. The first thing was the atrocious understeer. Um I wouldn't even say atrocious. That's a little too harsh. I would say the interesting uh, amount of understeer for an M product with probably a relatively large front tire.
0: Um Yeah, it's at least a 245 in the front.
1: Yeah, and that and I mean to a lot of people, well, what about, you know, the th- 275s and 305s? Two forty five is a big front tire. It's a big tire. For, I, I I don't understand where this whole you know what let's solve all of our handling problems with putting the fattest rubber on it because that is not the way no, to go it,
0: about it. It ruins the steering feel. I mean, look at the look at the six hundred LT has a two twenty five up front, right? It's like it is right. No, it's, it's little.
1: I forget. It's small. It might be a two forty five. I mean, still, it's, I
0: know the car's light, but still, I mean, look, McLaren like preserves the the vibe and feel of the steering through a pretty narrow front tire.
1: Yeah, I mean, it works. Um, but then the thing that I noticed most, and I, and this is because I've owned a BMW, a much older one, but still enough where they had CDVs in them clutch delay valve. Oh yeah. I noticed how much lag there was in between the gear changes. It was brutal. Um, and, and that's obviously because of emissions. We, we've all known this for years, but it's just getting worse. I mean, my type R has it, but not to this extent.
0: No, and oh. Honda, Honda's like the king of rev hang. But again, I think, I think like you're gonna see that in these BMWs. Everyone's clamoring for, oh, I want a manual, I want a manual. But you know, the problem is a lot of people don't understand what a good manual even feels like. They think, oh, it's a manual, so, so right. it's good. They, they praised, and I, I'll praise them. I'll praise uh, Hyundai for putting a manual in the G70. Um, but I haven't driven it. But I mean, Chris Amos, I trust him with like everything when it comes to driving feel, and he was like, dude, this thing is a mess. Like it is not a good it is not a good transmission. So it's like congratulations you did it, you gave them what they wanted, but you didn't do it well. And on the other side of that are people that watch my classic car videos where they see me driving a Testarossa and they're like this guy can't drive because I'm not slamming gears in a 1988 Ferrari. Um, i don't think they have a clue what those gearboxes feel like they genuinely have no idea it is because here's the deal the guys that are usually saying this to you going you can't drive you don't know how to drive a manual blah 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 they drive camaros they drive like ss1 le's with the most stout bulletproof easy notchy effortless rifle fast manuals in the in the world like I I remember, you know, I'm I'm a BMW guy. I remember driving my, our friend Mikey's, uh, Z28 and the one, two shift I've ripped on that car. I thought, I'm like, if I did this in a BMW, I'd be paying for a gearbox. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I mean, we all love to, you know, praise the manual. Oh, hail the manual this, and let's pray to it. And we need to open up a, you know, a mosque in honor of it. But if you're not going to do something correctly, don't do it at all.
0: No, leave it alone.
1: You're you're making the manual transmission worse off by putting it in a a Cadillac ATS sedan. Uh, I had one of those. You've driven it. We looked like we were drunk driving this Well, it's
0: funny because that was a good – sometimes like that, that's a great car because it's a good example of what happens when you put a good gearbox, but you don't do any thought. You don't engineer anything around it because – it had a good gearbox, but then like the clutch and the throttle, just it was like they were totally separate entities. They made no sense together. Nothing, nothing added up to like this nice cohesive package where you're like, "Ooh, I get on the throttle, I rev match it." It was just like rev hang, disconnect, numb, and there you are, just like bucking around. Look, like you literally every time I drove that car, I was like, "I'm gonna get pulled over for looking drunk." This car's all over the place. Yeah,
1: it um nothing. Uh of that manual transmission said, this is a great gearbox and it's friendly to learn on. I almost thought it was broken when I first bought the car, but I read online. Everybody's like, Nope, it's literally, they just took an automatic transmission, stuck a manual on it and did no tuning whatsoever. Uh, other than maybe delete some, you know, programs that, you know, tell it, you know, that the clutch is in or what gear. It's in.
0: <laughs> so, so Benson's S 2000, the one I drove the other day, Um, that had a clutch delay valve in it too. And, and, and objectively that car, I mean, it's perfect to me. I'm like, oh my God, this is how a car should operate. This is, Uh. this is like, if you're like aliens come down from outer space and you need to teach them like, what is a car? S2000, man, you show them an S2000. Um, but it has a clutch delay valve. And I remember the, like, I went out before the cameras were on. Uh, I just wanted to go out and drive it for a second and just like get used to it before I started rolling. And I did a one-two upshift hard, like boom, dump the clutch like really hard into second. And I hear Wah! and I was like, what the fuck? And I looked in the rear view mirror and I, I know this is insane, but I looked in the rear view mirror to find out if I just laid like 300 feet of rubber. Because I'm like, what like I know it's impossible. I know I'm in like a torqueless Honda. <laughs> but I'm just like, what just happened? And he goes, Oh, it's a clutch delay valve. If you, if you get off the clutch. And then floor it too quickly, it's just gonna like really take its time finding its way back. And I'm like, oh my god! So I'm here like slipping this clutch, and like I I, once I once I once he told me that I'm like, okay, I will never do that again. But I've never felt the clutch delay valve that outrageous. It was so weird.
1: That's weird. I've never felt that before.
0: It scared the shit out of me. I'm like, what did I just do? But uh, it it was the kind of thing. Whereas if that was in your ZL1. I would have been like in my head thinking, what's happening? And then I would have looked in the rear view mirror and just seen two dark patches of rubber. <laughs> 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 it really felt like I was just laying rubber. Oh my God. I, but I can't was really imagine you're wrecking face. this kid's clutch. I'm so sorry. I know. Oh my God. Oh, but sorry, That about shocked some... me. I know. Sorry, Lil B.
1: Uh, so I had an idea about your. Future car. I had a long thought process about this when you were talking. I watched your S two thousand video, yes. obviously, because I'm a big Honda fanboy and whatever. Um, so I'm watching this, and and you're going on about how it's, you know you definitely should have bought one of these things a decade ago, and you know your life's never going to be the same, <laughs> and you've been walking funny ever since. <laughs> but but so I started thinking about it, and so the S two thousand great car. But I even thought of a a little, like, not, maybe it's not as raw as the S2000, but it's very close and it hits more home to you anyways. When I think of you, this is a car. What about a Z4M Roadster? Oh, yeah.
0: So, all right, my only issue, only issue with that car isn't the car, it's the motor. An S54 is not like, oh, here's trouble-free life.
1: (laughs) Well, yeah, but it, an F twenty two or an F twenty isn't a trouble free motor either. I mean, you you know Let me lose you're still my have, I'm to, just
0: kidding, you're right. You're probably right.
1: You know, um I, I don't want to ruin your fantasy. They are very bulletproof. Like But they good. do require they, they gotta require maintenance. I mean they they still need valve adjustments, just like an S fifty four. Um and uh but they are more bulletproof in the fact that you're not doing rod
0: bearings every you know,
1: That's true. Well ever doing rob Barron's, but i guess I,
0: I guess you're right though if i bought if i had a z4 m now you've got a hatch you've got more space those are whenever i've driven a non-m i've driven a z4 coupe and i remember thinking that that was like i was like oh this is what the uh 350z wishes it was this car is so good yeah i mean
1: i i, I you know i started thinking i'm like you know the the hatch uh, the hatch or the roadster it, i i would prefer the hatch but they're harder and more expensive more sought after but even the Roadster, I've driven a Roadster one, and it was just so good, Tom. I mean, it's the noises it made were oh. just so good because the top's down, and all you hear is induction.
0: It's so awesome. Um, You're right. And yeah. the
1: motor is fantastic. It's, it's relatively light. It doesn't, you know, everything is a one-button-off thing. I mean, it does have traction control, but, you know, you press it, it shuts off. It has a sport mode, as in just the pedal changes, you know, obviously sensitivity, but that's it. Um, and, and it's just very raw, but it's still compliant enough where you could drive it every day. And that's 2000. I mean, you get one of those, you're going to have to do suspension because you know, most of the stock units you find now are probably blown out at this point, or you're going to blow them
0: out. I know that's the biggest thing is everything I like is like almost 20 years old. So, well, I mean, that sucks. So it's, um, it's sad to say, but that was the ha- the pinnacle. That era
1: was the pinnacle of cars performance wise. So I think good. when it comes to just
0: rawness. Well, and my three car solution I, right now is like awful because I've got a 911, which, you know, that is w- like a weekender at best. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. How about <laughs> a, month, a monthly trip? Yeah. The monthly trip where I'm like, I guess I better start it or else it'll die. Um, yeah, and then and then the M three is great as a daily, except it's just a maintenance pig. Like it's just you know it, it'll it's it'll... a horror
1: on all levels. Forget the maintenance <laughs> part. How about gas?
0: Yeah. Oh, it's such a it like oh my god, this thing loves fuel. I've I've driven like like FCA like you know, SUVs with monster V8s that get better fuel economy than my M3, which is like blows my mind. It's shocking how much fuel this thing drinks. And then the M5, which I like, I never want to get rid of this car, but it really throws a wrench into everything because the, the best thing to do would be to get like a beater, a little track car, and then have the Porsche. But the problem is I'm, I'm emotionally attached to my M5. And it needs some work. And I, you know, I've just quit my job. I'm like doing this video thing full time. I'm trying to learn how to like support myself with my own business. And right now I'm doing it. It's just that there's not like M5 maintenance money coming in. I'll get there, but. It's not now. So that car's got to be tabled. It needs some tires. It needs probably a rear main seal because at at Garage 42 the other day, me and Zach put it up on a lift. Um, We brought it into the Renscott side, put it up on a lift just to confirm because I'd had the uh, valve cover gaskets done for the second time because they didn't really set the first time. So they, you know, Wild Motorsport did them again. And this time they used a bunch of RTV. Uh, those are never going to leak. <laughs> those will outlast the world. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I got under, and it was, you know, the same story where I'm watching oil come through between the transmission and the bellhousing. It's like a little seam, and I'm like, you know, Zach, up on the lift, I'm like, rev it to three grand, and I just watch, you know, you put a little pressure on that crankcase, and then you'll see, like, just this the weeping. It's not horrible. And it's the kind of thing I could definitely drive on. Um. But I don't know. I just don't want to. I don't want to. I want. I want it to be clean. So I am gonna have to probably put like three or four thousand dollars into that car. Um, to do the rear main seal, hopefully it's not the upper oil pan, and then the rear suspension. You know, it's old. It the, you know it needs end links. There's some uh, control arm bushings that are definitely on their way out, and things that I just want to replace. It'll 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 settle the car out nicely. But yeah, I mean, it's not
1: a daily. Let's put it no. That way.
0: And that's the thing is that that car, and and bringing it back to that, you're right. I mean, I'll never drive that in the winter, so it can't be a daily. It can't. So. That's the problem is that like I need like a fun daily that can also be a winter car, which is why I haven't had any success finding something better than the M3.
1: Well, this is where the Type R, we go back to the beginning of this talk, but Type R, and it comes, it floats back in. And I mean, I drove mine in the winter. It was fine. There was nothing wrong with it. Um, I, it, it had the most room of any car. And, and I, I still think it would be perfect for you because you're carrying a bunch of a lot of, a lot of he- heavy camera stuff, driving it on the highway. Mostly you'll get 35 of a gallon. Isn't that beautiful? We, we always
0: forget about that. I think as car people, you know, we, we live our lives on YouTube where you're just like, Oh man, isn't this great? Look at the performance. Look at this. And then you're like, holy dude, I'm at the gas station all the time. in this stupid BMW and like, People people like to romanticize that, which is why I mean E, e forty six M three prices are psycho right now. I my friend just bought one on Bring a Trailer. I think he paid, and I can say this because it's on Bring a Trailer. I can see it. He paid like twenty eight thousand dollars. And yes, this car is beautiful, but this is a pre LCI car. This is like a two thousand two. So it's not even an O three Hold on, and a half. I can say that again. It's like sixty. Say that again. Yeah, twenty eight grand. I think it's an 01 or an 02. I think it's an 02. Um, 67,000 miles, $28,000. $28,000. Bring a Trailer is showing some of the craziest stuff right now. I mean, I'm sure the car's great. I'm sure it's beautiful. It's just that it really and it looks like it has like impeccable maintenance things like records and everything. It just absolutely like blows my brains apart when I'm looking at cars like that. Where when I was in college ten years ago, oh my god, I saw on Facebook fourteen years ago I moved into my freshman dorm, but let's just say ten for my own sanity. Ten years ago, these cars were going for like sixteen to twenty, and like a twenty thousand dollar, twenty four thousand dollar M3 was like uh like thirty five thousand miles like total garage queen beautiful like and that was like an 05 right an 05 so LCI which is the life cycle impulse for non BMW people really it's called a facelift LCI though uh, those were always a little those carried a little more money carried a higher premium but you know an 01 02 and early 03s those were those were 16000 dollar cars
1: it's i'm i mean we're getting to that age where we remember when these cars were newish And, you know, I love the E46 M3. I think it's going to be a forever classic, but it's not worth that kind of money. And I I mean, I'm the first one to admit it's just not worth that kind of money.
0: So speaking of classics, so I'm literally like right before we jumped on this call, I was following a a bring a trailer listing for a Mercedes 190E, you know, the what is it, the, the Evolution 2. Yep, the one with the big wing, that whole mm-hmm. thing. Um it just sold for 250 and it blew my mind apart cuz like for for the whole, I mean it was a typical Bring a Trailer auction where like, you know, for many days it was like 140 grand and then I came in with 10 minutes to go and it was 165 and I just watched this bidding war take place. And it's so cool because that car like really just got recognized in the last like six months to a year. I mean, they always they traded for good money. But like, I mean, didn't one just go at an auction for like over 300?
1: Those cars were not that sought after 10 years ago.
0: Nobody cared. It was just like a goofy manual dog leg thing that like if you had one, you could explain to somebody why it was important. But now they don't have to explain it because the market's explaining it for them. Yep. But I guess the Dino Dino did the same thing, right?
1: Yeah. I mean, listen, Tom, I mean, soon enough, you know, you're, I mean, I don't know what car we could consider it, but I would guess like, uh, you know, STIs, um, I would say, you know, those Lexus uh, NA V8 cars, I would guess in 10 years, those things are going to be sought after.
0: I am obsessed with the LC 500. I think that is like one of the greatest modern cars because it it really hits all of the points. It sounds incredible, it's naturally aspirated, it drives incredibly well, and it doesn't have like, problem with these cars all in the past, if you had something in the early 2000s like that, it had a dog of a transmission if it was gonna be an automatic. Now we've got like, you know, at our fingertips, we've always got like an eight speed monster that's just ready to go and, and operate as if it were a dual clutch and then behave nicely in traffic at the same time.
1: Yeah, the Lexus LC500 convertible, I think that's going to be a rare car in a few years.
0: Not even a
1: decade or so. I would say sooner than that. Um, I don't see it, uh, you know, becoming this, you know, sought-after car in a few years, and then they'll stop producing it, and there will only be low numbers. Next thing you know, that thing's going to be the next, you know, uh, Supra... Uh, what do you call them? Uh targas. Targas, yeah. Oh yeah. So you know, um, it's only a matter of time, man. That's it's just it's just how this game works. And you know, E39 M fives, when I bought mine, it was so cheap, it was laughable for a low mileage one.
0: Oh, those were rock bottom, man. I remember when I bought mine, I offered him sixty two thousand mile car, single owner. I offered him sixteen thousand dollars. That was my first offer. And it wasn't, mm-hmm. and it wasn't a low ball. <laughs> like it was, it was reasonable. That's like what, if he traded the car and that's what he would have got for it. Yeah. Yeah. I'm
1: sure. Can you I'm imagine sure that though?
0: I mean, like, think about that. He, he bought, he probably bought the car for 80 to 85 and you know, that M5 depreciated to basically 16 grand in a few years. Like, <sighs> like 10 just, years. Yeah. Yeah.
1: I- it's it's definitely going to be this weird time frame, where I I think they're going to be I don't know I don't see a, an E ninety M three though getting to thirty grand again or thirty five grand
0: yeah I just I I don't I don't know it's always hard to tell and like the more garbage that um that we see from automakers the more valuable the old stuff gets it's just it's just that simple like so if, if for example if this new generation of M three M four doesn't hit if it's, like, yeah, it's good. it runs the numbers, but, like, as a driver's car, if it's not the thing, I mean, it just it just makes the E92 look more appealing. Yeah. You are right. So, what's on your list? Well, you said you had a list.
1: Yeah. So, all right. So, the M3, M4, the Z06 Corvette, the new one, I think that thing, I mean, you know me. I've loved the C8 since it was announced. Um, I think and it looks...
0: Z- uh, frankly, I think it looks bad. Like, I... I, I, I don't hate it. I just I I, I think I'm I want to drive it. I want to experience it. I think as a driver, I'd really enjoy it. I think I just every time I see one, it looks like uh like a Chinese knockoff of a Ferrari. I'm like <laughs> the like, ride height's wrong. The proportions are a little weird. Like there's just odd things about it that I'm like ah, I can't put my finger on it. But there's just something not right. Anyway, sorry. That's all I have to say about that. <laughs> no no
1: no 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 nothing nothing wrong. But here's the thing, Tom. Go look at a C7 Stingray when they first came oh, out. Oh, just You'd awful. look at that car you. and you'd be like this is trash when they make the wide body grand sport model or the Z06, you're going to, they're going to make it a lot better. That's how it always works. I agree. You know, the first few years of the Corvette, pretty dull, um, not dull, but no, know, but
0: they look, pretty... they look like the drivers. They look, they're the, <laughs> you know,
1: the, the George special. Yes. Um, automatic. Well, now they're all automatic, so I can't say that anymore, but, um, you know, cars that are designed for people who just drive them to car shows and set up their little chairs and, you know, hang out. Um, and there's nothing wrong with that. No, you know, no, no.
0: Else? No, that, that's a very Seinfeld wrong line. Uh, not that there's anything wrong with that. But, but I'm, but what I'm, you know, there, what this car was
1: before uh, a road car was a race car. And they've been running this motor in the IMSA cars for a long time now. The flat plane. So yeah, the flat light, yeah. yeah, it's been in the, been in that C8R, and I mean, it sounds insane. So I can only imagine what it's going to sound like in the road car, um, it, it, if everything is confirmed. I mean, for all we
0: know, this thing gets canceled because of COVID. No, we, they've got they've got enough know. money. GM has enough money to play with. They're, yeah, they're but
1: fun. go look at the Blackwing. That that engine got canceled.
0: But it happened first. <laughs> we still got to see it
1: we got to see no i'm not saying we didn't get to see it but it might i mean it might be delayed you
0: know all right enough about Um, the c8 it gets too much airtime anyway i apologize yeah the c8
1: is a cool car (laughs) you want to go look it up just look up c8 and you're you know to your heart's content
0: yeah well basically so the third car anyway go ahead
1: the third car that i'm excited about is the new gt3 rs um I don't know if you've looked up photos of it. I but have the wing n- on that car. It has are that insane.
0: has that like the uh like the swan thing, like the swan neck. Yes. Okay. Tell yeah. me about this because I actually I haven't read anything about it yet. I I'm always late to the game. I'm never the person who's reading about rumors unless like you or Willie tell me.
1: I I honestly don't even know much about it either. I just see it pop up on my Facebook when I go on, and the photos that I see are a car. That is way, way, way more um, raw and uh, race car like than the previous generation. It does.
0: I have seen the spy shots. It does look outrageous. It does look like they are pulling zero punches, whereas you see BMW with their M division. It feels like they're going like closer and closer to like. Oh, we're going to be comfortable and make big numbers. You see Porsche doing just the opposite where they're like, fuck it, make it, make it like a DTM car.
1: (laughs) Yeah. I mean, this car looks like they just took the race car and took, you know, the, the cage out of it. Um, it's got hood vents. It's got the, uh, reverse sided wing. So the, the wings mounted on the bottom, like a swan neck, like you said, um, And it just looks a lot more aggressive. And I'm thinking they're going to have two variants of the RS. That's just my theory. Um, I think they're going to have more, you know, they're going to have the GT3, which will be the manual touring car. And then they'll have two RS versions. Now, whether or not one gets a bigger engine or whatnot, or one's more aerodynamic, I just think they're going to make just more... subdivisions of the gt3 the gt
0: line just what we needed we needed more variants of the 911 yeah exactly (laughs) um and or or
1: we're all completely wrong and this is just another race car version for the road but i think it's it's going to be a a rs Um, i don't think it's going to be their cup cars whatever they call them gt3 cups or rs cups it's weird Um,
0: it's weird when i see Porsche. Let's just take Porsche and um, SRT for example, right? I see, I see two companies both putting, and I know this is weird, both putting outrageous things on the road, and I see Porsche, who's fighting to maintain street legal status with you know, European emissions, and, you know, they're forced to do all this crazy stuff just to get their cars legally, you know, uh, on the road. And then you see FCA, who's just like, fuck it, like, let's use this Hemi that we've had for, you know, 20 years, and throw it in a (laughs) chassis that we've had for 30 years, and send it. And it's so bizarre to me that these two things can coexist in America, where you've got like a GT3 RS, that is the pinnacle of like, getting through the rules of the strictest rules and then you've got like fca with dodge and just being like yeah they'll still do it they'll still take it like how how is that pot i mean maybe it's just american standards where like they don't have to worry about putting a fucking hellcat in germany um but I, i it just seems weird to me dude it is a mystery how dodge has or fca has
1: survived for so long. I, their chassis, I mean, the Durango, Tom, <laughs> that Durango has been around since I was in middle school.
0: I mean, to be fair, it's awesome. It's just that I don't understand. They, they're, they're like the Kings of getting away with murder when it comes to like, you know, we don't update things. We just drive them and 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 drive them. And then when you're so sick of this chassis, we what are we going to do? We're going to go strap a blower to the motor and give you 700 horsepower.
1: Either case, is very old. Regardless,
0: you uh, there's something I think about a lot, um, or used to think about a lot. I don't. I think I just don't care anymore. But <laughs> <laughs> dating <laughs> dating car people. Now, your girlfriend Corey is like a good friend of our fr- oh, uh, of our friend group. Um, Coco. Uh, So Corey is, you know, objectively a car person. She loves cars. She's very happy at the track, not necessarily driving at the track, but she's happy to be there and spend her weekend there supporting you and like helping out and doing all the things. She drives a little Focus ST with a tune and it's a fast little, you know, manual car. Um, And, you know, There's always this thing where it's like, well, should I date a car person? I mean, do you find it just makes your life easier? Or do you also find that you're like, oh, my God, all we do is fucking talk about cars. It would be nice to have something a little different going
1: on. So you bring up a great, great, great topic because, I mean, before Corey, there were some other car enthusiast females in my life. And it's not easy. Um, I think it depends on the type of person you're dating. I mean, uh, it's a blessing and a curse because on one hand, yeah, she'll, she's going to put up with your stupid purchases like, oh, honey, you know, we can't go out to dinner tonight. Daddy had to buy a transmission.
0: Yeah, I've got a new or, wing coming in from BMC. Exactly. Speck. Sorry, uh, I spent yeah. $700. So yeah, maybe, exactly. we, maybe we can go to McDonald's instead. <laughs>
1: Hey, you want to go on a date? A Wendy's. It's the dollar, uh, the dollar discount day. Exactly. Um, Our significant others put up with a lot of crap. Let's put it that way. And if it's any easier, uh, it helps definitely for sure. You know, on ridiculous requests, purchases, uh, late nights out in the driveway in the rain trying to bleed
0: your brakes on a car that you haven't driven in two years. Um, It's a beautiful thing when you can ask your significant other like, can you press this pedal and they don't hate you for it? That is pretty big. You know, for me, it's as simple as like, hey, can you move my car? Because if it's a
1: stick, Ah. 90% of the time, I mean, we've dealt with this with roommates. They can't move it. And I have no problem with her because she drives a manual every day. So... Did you just go into like a fish tank? No, my dad's just,
0: just opening the garage. Oh, it
1: sounded like like a bunch of water rushed in.
0: Um, they have a tendency uh, to just go wherever I am and be like, "We need to be here." If I've if I've scurried away to the basement in a corner, suddenly this area of the house that no one has been in for a fucking decade, everyone needs to be there right now while I'm there. That's how this works. <laughs>
1: Nah. <laughs> well, you're a likable person. What can, uh, what can I say? <laughs> Everybody fuck off. That's exactly. uh,
0: that's what I need for a t-shirt. Maybe that's the merch that I come up with. Anyway, sorry. Back to your So
1: so anyway, so then there's the other side of things. There's the um the fact that everything you do you are with your significant other. And that's something that is harder mm-hmm. to yeah. imagine When you're not actually in that sort of relationship, um, you take for granted the times you have alone. And I know that sounds really fucked up. No, it doesn't. No. People are like, no, 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 no. no, no, no. Not even dating anybody. So, like, you know, that's not cool. This is the problem.
0: This is the problem with people putting so much. Uh, uh, they all right, we think relationships have to be everything. Like this one person needs to be my best friend, my lover, my everything, my second income, my this, my that. like it's like every, you, you can't put that much stuff on someone else and then you also can't, you know, everyone likes this fairy tale bullshit where it's like you complete me and you do this, you know, th- that is that is how people feel in the early stages of love and that's called the honeymoon phase because there's legitimate reasons for that, right? You have actual serotonin that's going through your body and your brain is just irrational. It is a drug. Love is a drug. That's why you have people who are addicted to like relationships, addicted to things like this. Over time, you have to realize like you are not that person. That person is not you. You have to be your own person and we all need our own independence and good relationships start with independent individuals,
1: Exactly. Um, so when I was younger, I didn't really take this into account and I just sort of let it go. And, but what ends up happening is you get into this sort of mode that, you know, either a, you're being judged 24 seven, um, or, you know, you can't, uh, you can't ever have some time to yourself because, you know, they're always with you. Or B, there comes this time when they get jealous of who you've become in whatever automobile or, or, you know, whatever group you're in because you've become so much better than they have in a a certain region.
0: Right. And then there's there's a double edged sword there or I don't know if that's the right word. But like, for example, if you've got someone who's like going to the track with you all the time, but they're not necessarily driving. And now suddenly you're like, okay, now I'm climbing up the ranks and I'm getting better lap times. I'm starting to set like track records or whatever you're doing. And they're like, wait a minute, I'm there too, and they're realizing that like they're not getting that experience, they're not like on top of the game because even though it feels like they put the same amount of hours into it, because they were there, they weren't in the seat. Exactly,
1: or they're not feeling as loved. Yeah, it comes down to it. Yeah. Um, and so now you've got to juggle multiple things at once instead of just going to the track with your buddies. Now it's a date, yeah. and I don't know about you. <laughs> But the last thing that I want to be worried about mid-corner at like 120 miles an hour is, you know, my, uh, how my, uh, my date's going and if my, uh, if her expectation, his or her expectations have been met.
0: Because you're like, you're like, you're like going into a breaking zone thinking like, oh, shit, I think I left her Gatorade open over by that Adirondack chair that we brought.
1: (laughs) Exactly. Or, shit, I wore the shoes that I didn't wear the shoes that she bought me a week ago. Exactly. Um, Yeah. yeah, You don't
0: need the distraction.
1: So literally, yeah. And and it becomes it, it not only ruins the relationship, it also ruins your love affliction for cars. And and your hobby and passion, it takes those two things and utterly destroys them.
0: Yeah, it can, and as, so I it guess can. I mean it's gotta it you've got to find that
1: balance. So that's in certain circumstances, it, it can totally destroy whatever you're doing because it 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 grasps parts of your your mind, your body, everything that shouldn't be in that moment. You know, right. um, like I sh- you know so exactly what what you were saying. I mean it it can ruin it. So you definitely want to take that in consideration before you start dating someone who you met on a Focus ST forum. I didn't meet Core on a Focus ST forum by the way.
0: Just- <laughs> well, I just think it's funny because every I mean think about it. every time you see uh like a car like like a like an attractive car girl um and I'm playing I'm playing the straight you know imaginary straight tom right now where it's like oh you see this hot car girl and you know what's every comment under that like it's like oh man if only like if only i could have that oh you should be with me or like you know all this shit and you're like first of all fuck off like gross like but the second thing is i'm like do you really want like a lot of these guys who are all like you know they're they're professional sad boys um spelled with a b-o-i sad boys who they just are always like oh man nice guys never get the girl and all this stuff they all want to date like the the emo like like you know super dark eyeshadow like curled up in a in a in a sweatshirt that's way too big for her car girl like they all want that girl they're like yeah man she's a drifter but then the funny thing is it's like that girl like she probably is better driver than you so now you've got issues. <laughs> now, now you're like, oh shit! Like I, am I, I, dating the car girl, and now she's like more into the scene than you are, um, and those guys are too insecure to deal with that shit. Um, I don't know. I, it, it, it's a whole thing. I, I always find it weird that people want to like have someone who's exactly like them. It's fun to have somebody with a similar interest. But honestly, I found in my years, many years of dating many different people. Um, the guys that I got along with most weren't necessarily people who had interest in cars. It was people that just respected my interest in cars and had other shit to offer.
1: You're exactly
0: right. That's what you want to find. Um, maybe maybe if you
1: some people can handle it. I'm not saying that there's there's a fine line. I mean, there are people who both love cars, both are addicted to driving this and that. If you can handle that, that is awesome and more to you. You know, I'm thankful that there's people out there like that because you know the more the merrier. But I'm just you know giving people the warning. You know, it's not as easy as it looks. Um, and I, you know, I even hate to admit it myself. Sometimes I've been down this road a few times in my life, and every single time. I, after it, I'm like, I will never date a car person again. That is the last time, never again. What a terrible ride that was, you know.
0: Also, uh, think about your financial situation. So think about how much you can ruin yourself with your interest in cars. Now double it. Now put someone else who fucking needs a race car, who needs a cool daily, who needs the two-car garage. And now you're like, fuck me. We went from... I am going to get married and have a house with a two or three car garage. I'll have two cars. She'll have one. We'll do this. We'll do that. So like now you both have a fucking project car. So now the garage is totally fucked. You're you, you don't have anything. Now you've got uh, two sets of everything and you both need a fun daily. You've you've just gone and spent a half a million dollars on cars in like two seconds right there. Yeah,
1: no. And I mean, it Um. a, a lot of my friends uh, who I've talked to about it, you know, Close ones, they're like, you know, is it difficult with you know Corey? And I, uh, what I tell people is, and I've told you this cars aren't her first passion. No, um, she loves cars, but I don't think she's looking at you know the track days and are like, well, I need to get some a Hoosier A7s, um, and a Formula Three license. Um, I think she enjoys it and would love to go on the track, but that's not her first focus. She loves animals. And she was a cheerleader through her entire life. So she has a bunch of other hobbies that are outside of cars. What I like about her
0: though, is that she can talk the talk. Like I can have a conversation about cars and I'm not talking to a wall. Who's just like, Oh, that one's pretty, you know? And I I don't mean that. Oh yeah. No, I don't mean that in a misogynist way. Like, Oh, girls just think cars are pretty. No, like I, I know guys who are like that too, where they're like, Oh, I love cars. And then I like go out to dinner with them and I'm like, what do you like? And they're like red ones. And I'm like, Jesus fucking Christ. I'm like, this is. Yeah, no. I mean, you know,
1: she she's been around with enough people before me. Like her her brother is a huge car nut. So she just and and her whole family has been in the car business or has liked cars. So she just knows them. And so she knows her stuff. And so that's really helpful because, you know, if most normal people who would talk to me and I talk to them back. I would sound like I'm talking in a foreign language
0: uh, oh, most so I, of the time. I forget about that all the time. When I And I've actually had to tailor a little bit how I speak on YouTube because I'm like, I need this to be... I need to appeal to a larger audience, right? I think that's one of the things that, like Doug DeMuro does really well cuz he he can he can make videos for people that don't really even know anything about cars. And that's like a that's a tough thing to straddle because either you go so technical and you're talking about very specific things. I mean, not not everybody knows even like simple things where you're like, "Oh, it's a ZF8 speed." Like that 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 takes explanation for a lot of people, right? Um, yeah, like yeah, exactly. And 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 so I've had to like learn. Okay, how do I talk to a larger audience without alienating the people who actually know how to talk the talk, right? And that's a that's a fine balance of like being descriptive for the everyman and also being um, specific enough for the people who are in it to like actually learn about the car. Uh, and. And I think when you're dating somebody like that, you definitely, you you know, you need to be un, on the understanding of like, well, how do I talk to this person? Can I talk to them in like ultra, ultra specifics? If I talk about a valve adjustment being a pain in the ass and I need to buy the shim kit for my S54, do they know any of the words I just said? Or am I just talking about like Pokemon cards to somebody in a different language? Oh, my God.
1: Yeah. No. I mean, at the end of the day, I think what I'm trying to get at, and I just thought of this in my head is... I can be myself around Corey and I think that is something that I totally take for granted a lot of the time and I'm thankful to have someone like that but don't make it the prime reason for dating somebody because you always have to have an equal balance of you know you and the other person you can't always just be yourself because not everybody understands cars so don't take that in you know as the only reason you're dating that person Um, but that being said, it's nice to be able to talk about camshafts and she understands most of the conversation. If they don't know, you know, if someone actually loves you that much, they might actually go out of their way and want to learn about that stuff. So don't, you know, make it a huge reason to find someone that, that likes cars and understands them. Because a lot of the time, if someone's that interested in you, they'll go out of their way to learn about it.
0: How So COVID wise, how have you felt? I mean, like our friend group, right? This is very weird for us because we have normally been together. Like, like we're like together so much that it's crazy. Like, I don't know. I don't know very many people that are this engaged with their friends or were, um, you know, weekends we spent together up in New Hampshire at David's like lake house, mountain house, whatever you want to call it. Uh, every day. Day we'd either be at you know Zach's house grilling or drinking or whatever like we do we just were always together we'd go out in the cars just do aimless shit and and that was our thing this has really like changed things for us so mm. I don't even know where to go with that I just I, that's just a fact it feels very weird because I feel like I don't see I mean we lived together for like two years and since March I see you maybe once a month and it's just like in a part in a parking lot or in a driveway.
1: Yeah. It's, it's, it's hard. I'm not going to lie to everybody. Um, and you,
0: um, like, I feel distant from certain people. Um, like also, I mean, I'll, I have no problem talking about it on air. Like I, I don't see David very often and I miss him. Like it's weird. Like I talk to Zach on the phone a lot. Um, I talk to you quite a bit. I don't talk to David as much and I want to like, you know, it's just weird. It's like someone that I would see every single, you know, moment of the week is now like, okay, I mean, we're both busy. I get that. I'm not saying it's like, oh, you know, someone's not doing anything. It's more just that, like, we can't... The way we interacted was never on the phone. The way we interacted was always in person or in a car driving to somewhere. And now we can't do that.
1: I know. I think for me, the toughest part is, I think for both of us, actually, not just me, is we're very um, personal people to, you know, we see... We get the most enjoyment out of seeing each other and other people. Um, you know, I love talking on the phone, but I'm the type of person I like face to face with people and, and spend time with them. Um, and we have a lot of friends, so it was great to see everybody. But now that that's gone, and you know, being in socially acceptable areas has turned into a parking lot far away. Um, and and now you've got this sort of uncomfortable. Reasons to not even be in that area to begin with. A lot of people don't want to hang out anymore, and that's totally fine. But it's definitely just put a damper on just about everything social-wise. Yeah. And as a car person, and as a as a close person to a lot of my friends, it's hard for me because the only way now I talk to people are through Xbox or social media or the phone. And a lot of people aren't as up to talking to. Uh you know, talking to someone on the phone for 30 minutes, right? So the only way now I speak to some people is by writing on their wall or on their photo that they posted, or not at all. And it's sad. It really is. Um, and then, and I, and then comes the family part. There's some family members that I miss dearly, Yeah. who don't have social media.
0: And I can't see them. And it's very hard. Right. I mean, we've gone through holidays and birthdays and all this other stuff now that's like kind of weird. And we're coming up on like real holidays. We're coming up on Thanksgiving. We're coming up on like uh, Christmas and Hanukkah and all this stuff. It's going to be like really weird to see what goes on in the next like three months.
1: It's going to be strange. And especially for New England, because once November after Thanksgiving, really, you can't go outside. I mean, yes, you can, but you wouldn't want to be out there for a few hours talking to your buddies, you know?
0: No. And so, and like, we've all taken risks, right? We've all done a couple things where we're like, Ooh, I went, I went to dinner or I saw someone like, you know, we all do that. We have all taken some risks, but like overall it's like, well, you got to like limit that. We're not just like, Oh, let's go party. You don't do that. Um, but if you can say, if you can justify like, okay, it's going to be a safe social setting. We're going to be outside having a barbecue. Like I saw my, um, my cousin the other day and my cousin, um, she has three young kids and one of them like she found out like has been watching my YouTube channel for like a long time. And so she's like, looks over his shoulder on like his iPad. And she's like, you know, we know him. Right. And he's like, what are you talking about? This is Tedward. And, he, and she's like, that's, that's your cousin. So like shortly thereafter, I get a phone call and she's like, Hey, like, you know, Clark would really like to talk with you. He loves cars. He's been watching your channel. And now all I'm doing in my head is going, Oh no, what horrible vile things have come out of my filthy mouth in the last like three years. Right. I'm like, this kid's like 11 years old. Um, and he's a mature 11 years old, but still 11 years old. Like, I, you know, I don't want to be like dropping F-bombs. And I do that because that's how I talk. I, you know, it's not like I'm just some like wild jerk. It's just like that is kind of my speech. I do have kind of a filthy mouth. Some of us swear. And, you know, I don't trust anybody who doesn't say fuck. You know, you gotta, <laughs> you've got you got to. When people say, oh, my gosh. I'm like, oh, you've got a lot to hide. Something bad happened in your life. Um, you know, that, that always is like a funny thing to me. But, um, you know, I so I did. I went over to their house. Um, and like you know it's just like an outside thing like you know I took him for a ride in the nine eleven with the windows down and the sunroof open and masks and all that stuff but like you know we all take our little risks but at the same time it's like okay well it doesn't mean that we're all going to go clamor into a vacation home with our buddies and have like a one week getaway. Like, I don't know that that's really, you know, I'm not comfortable with that. I'm comfortable like, Oh, I'll go for an hour to your house and have a cup of coffee with you outside and then take you for a ride in my car on a nice sunny day. And, and then we're done. The only thing I think of as kind of like a shining, like a silver lining of it is I'm kind of sick of car shows and I haven't had to go to any car shows.
1: That is literally the best <laughs> uh thing that has happened it has
0: wiped out the
1: car show cars and coffee sort of extravaganza that kind of blew up in the last decade
0: like i'm cool Uh, with the cars and coffee but like i you know think about like it was all those like late night meets where like people were like hey you're showing up and you'd go and like then like like no one showed up until like later or the friend who said are you coming like shows up for 10 minutes like two hours late and you're like why am i here
1: the car show thing is dead in my, in my opinion, uh, it was dead before COVID COVID just silently killed it off. And the people who are going to these meets now, they, I hope they're careful. I really do. Because they're, not,
0: they're just not. I mean, we see that we see, I mean, look, and I'm not trying to like call people up, but there was, um, uh, a certain YouTuber bought a Bugatti, right? I have a lot of respect for this person. And I, I like love, I love that. I'm so proud of him for getting it. Like it's incredible. But there was a a, some kind of car meet out in Utah, and I saw like drone footage um, on the Instagram story, and there were like you know people packed around the Veyron, probably ten or fifteen deep, all just like like it was a mosh pit, like just crowded together, no masks, and I'm like, what? Like how are you advertising this? Like I I have I have one photo of me and my cousin, and I had my arm around him. And uh, it was, like, two seconds outside, like, in front of the Porsche just to be like, hey, yeah, here we are. Like, you know, we're together. Um, and I and I felt the need to write a note and say, like, we, we literally took our masks off for this photo and put them back on. Yet, yeah. I'm watching these car shows with, like, hundreds of people packed together. And it's just like watching Florida spring break a few months ago. Dude,
1: it is just a wacky world we're living in. I mean, it's some people don't believe this exists. And it's just scary to me to think about that because this is real. I mean, there's no, I don't know what it's going to take for the country to come together and all just realize, you know, just wear the fucking mask. All right. It's simple,
0: but you know what? It's the same thing. Like, look, you know, wear a fucking condom. Guess what? There's a lot of a lot of unplanned pregnancies everybody's getting gonorrhea everybody's getting chlamydia like and look like i'm not i'm not gonna be like all high and mighty i've had my run-ins things happen. i was literally gonna
1: say we're not the uh the greatest when it comes to following rules either no so
0: no i mean we all you know like yeah don't speed well okay <laughs> um you know, but at the very least, you can you can put on a little mask. I I don't know where this went. I guess this is where we're at. But um, maybe it may a, maybe a reasonable place to <laughs> to wrap it up. Get it. Get it. Get it. Ah, ah. You're so good. Oh, Looking my God. Clever today. Jesus. Oh, Jesus, Tom. Well, listen, this
1: was obviously a great time as always. Obviously, of course, it's a great time. Uh, I miss you a lot. And, uh, I, you know, I'm just thankful that we can still talk, uh, to a degree in some sort of medium
0: and, I agree. uh, and I like, you know, I, lo- I love the podcast because it lets it just flow. It lets it just open up and just do whatever the hell you need to do, get through it and have a, and, and for the love of God, go watch the vow. It's fu- I'm not sponsored. Fucking. Ass, I'm I'm
1: going to, now that you mentioned that's like something us. I'd be interested in. It's so good. Um, you know what also, and I was thinking about this as we were talking, this allows people who don't get to hang out with us, you know, now it, they're able to listen into a conversation that, you know, maybe they they wouldn't be able to hear without the podcast. So, I Because this is how we would have been before COVID, before the podcast. This is how we would talk every day.
0: This is so, a, this is 60 minutes of us in a parking lot. Literally, like if you just were standing near us at a car show, this is what would have happened.
1: Yeah. So. Um, and, and that is really cool. I mean, I see your Instagram. I see all the people who post photos of them, uh, posts of them listening to it uh, on their drives, at work, on the toilet, uh, wherever <laughs> I, it may be. Yeah. I, it's just really cool because it, it broadens the emotion and the amount of respect people have for you. So, you know, respect the drive isn't just driving now. It's you. So, I think that's really cool.
0: I I appreciate the fuck out of that. That is wonderful. I need to stop swearing on on the thing, but I guess I'll keep it Uh, clean for you too. It's a podcast. I mean, who gives a shit? I know. It's weird. I definitely have this weird thing where I'm like, ooh, I need to think about my public image. I shouldn't, but like, it is who I am. I got to, like, it is what it is. Like, this is how I talk. So, ladies and
1: gentlemen, go watch some of Tedward's older videos and oh. you'll hear the full potty mouth experience. You know what?
0: People are actually doing that. Because um, like lately the channel's been like growing significantly more than it ever has. And that means that once in a while, I see like, oh, so-and-so commented. And then I look at the video they commented and I'm like, oh my God. And it's like <laughs> wicked old stuff where I'm like, what did I say in this video? It's the, uh,
1: it's the old videos of uh, you making the cake
0: I remember a guy commenting on the video of your ZL1 and and saying, you know, I really like this car and I love the quality of the video, but I wanted to watch this with my son and I can't because you have a filthy mouth. <laughs> and it stuck with me. I mean, he's not wrong. I, I I acknowledge that. I, but at the same time, like, you know, you gave me a 700 horsepower Camaro. Like, I think the F word is going to come out a couple times. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It's not even just that. Do, like, have you heard, how people talk
1: in television shows now, like it's not even like, they're not even trying to cover it anymore. <laughs> I,
0: know. Like, I know, I know. And I want to be, I want to be, you know, there's, you've got to walk this line where, like I said, I want to be, um, I want to be family friendly enough that, I'm a uh, broader audience can, can, can imbibe my content, can take it in. And then I also don't want to like not be myself. So I'm learning to do that. I'm learning to go kind of like that, that compromise of like, maybe I don't need to describe it that way. Maybe, maybe, maybe that's not the right word. (laughs) Uh, And Uh, you
1: you um, know what, Tom, though, you don't want to lose who you are. And I hate to say this (laughs) half of who you are is these, you know, uh, innuendos that may not be appropriate uh for daytime television
0: <laughs> it's funny though because like you know I, I think about it too in the sense of like oh you know i want to work with different brands and stuff and when you're like oh i want to sh- i can show you examples of what i'm doing um you're like oh yikes what did i say in that one i don't know <laughs> that that's really aligned with the values of bmw will f- <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah exactly
0: you're, you know it definitely is a
1: double-edged sword, but, I mean, you know what, like, that's why they have podcasts. You know, you listen to Matt Farah on his Drive uh, television show, he's this pretty normal dude, but oh, you listen to the it's podcast, so
0: funny. It's he like, might
1: or might not be on drugs, we don't know.
0: It's like listening to his, it's like listening to your mom answer the phone, and that's Matt Farah on TV. And then listening to Matt Farah in real life is like your mom yelling at you for leaving the fucking toilet seat up.
1: Exactly. Exactly. And so when you hear it on the podcast,
0: you're like, that's my mom. I get it. And then you hear it like answer the phone. You're like, oh, I hate that voice. What are you uh, you doing? That's not you.
1: Oh, my God. Well, on that note, um, stay well and stay safe. And uh, hopefully we'll do this in uh, a few weeks again.
0: I agree. I'll see you soon. Or or talk to you soon. (laughs) All right. Yeah, exactly. Thanks Hopefully for coming on. Fun. So what'd you think? Too intimate? Too much? Is this is this the conversation you're looking for? I don't know. I You know what? I, I don't want to do the same show every time and just have a, a, a guest come on and just ask them a million questions. It's kind of fun to have a back and forth. So experimenting, shoot me an email, tell me what you think. Or join the Patreon and direct message me there for as little as a dollar. But anyway, I got to get back to editing. I just posted that 720S video. You got to watch that McLaren. It's a monster. And today I drove a AutoZam AZ1. Yeah, those little K cars. 657cc, three-cylinder turbo, 9,000 RPM Oh my god, what a cool thing. What a what a little monster. And also a Suzuki Jimny which surprisingly completely won my heart. I I, I must I must have one. I want to have a farm and a Jimny. I want to have a farm just so I can have a Jimny. That's it. That's the way. That's the way to go. Thank you guys so much for listening. Don't forget to respect the drive and I'll see you very soon.